Hello and welcome to Metapsychics. I'm Liv. This is M. M. Say hi. I think you deleted the fun facts that I put in here, which is fine because Jesus Christ, they were so boring. I did not see any fun facts. Well, exactly. That's probably why. And you're, <laughs> and we're your Metapsychics. You deleted them. Yeah, they're not on here anymore. It's interesting. God, I oh, you hitting the all bu- the buttons? I touched the one that sounds like a shoebox getting hit to the ground. I hate that one. That's pretty funny. And we're your meta sidekicks. I Ugh. wonder what happened to those things. We're your sidekicks to all things metaphysical. <laughs> um, they were probably deleted by Lorraine Warren herself. Hopefully. And- they were bad. <laughs> she, Liv, Liv told me to look up conjuring fun facts, and I was like, Okay, I've researched literally every angle of The Conjuring House. I don't know how I can squeeze more information about this. To which, it's just movie facts and it was boring. So, hopefully uh, you have better things. Because <laughs> <sighs> uh, knowing that it was the best movie of all time or that it took them 20 years is not interesting to me. We are your sidekicks to all things metaphysical, bringing you spiritual, paranormal, abnormal, and all things in between information and entertainment on those things as psychic medium, twin flames, business professionals, and best friends. And we're going to talk about The Conjuring House Part 2. How are we doing this? Do you want me to say what I wrote in here? Because when I was chaptering that video, that thing started talking to me, and they keep telling me that it was talking to me this whole time, but I was ignoring it until I started chaptering that video. We've lost all sense of professionalism. (laughs) This is our third podcast today. What do you mean? (laughs) Oh, man. Guys, we made a video reacting to Sam and Colby's Conjuring House. We also did a haunted location video where... Before knowing anything about Sam and Colby or reacting to their video, we covered The Conjuring House on our own and did what we like to call Psychic Chicken. And that's where one of us knows everything and the other person as a psychic medium knows nothing. And the person that knows nothing, aka the chicken in this instance, has to guess and use their mediumship abilities as said psychic mediums to let us know what's going on and see if it tracks with the person once they give us the history spoopies and all details about the location. So we did that in the video. We did the reaction and then we did a video to the reaction because... When we reacted to this video, I'm not going to lie. I thought I could not get any more spooked than me having to blindly understand and listen to the things in this house. And we didn't talk to the dark things. (laughs) (laughs) We did not talk to the dark things. And that's what happens in the reaction video. So if you want to see Em and I actually lay metaphysical eggs and like poop our pants and sweat profusely while reacting to this video, because we're actually experiencing our own paranormal like... Uh, what is it experiences hauntings while watching this video well we normally ignore the dark things but in this one it was like they were talking to the dark things so it was like oh we're reacting to them talking to dark things so we are seeing them yeah when we remote view things it's literally just as psychic mediums but when you add the like actual live ish action recording of whatever that takes remote viewing to a whole new level because you can actually see them Dude, it was not okay for me. That was like removing one of my metaphysical barriers and really let me have too much information. I was pooping your pants. It was a fun time. You made some good faces. Uh, So we uh, recapped that in our first Conjuring podcast, but this is one where it's going to be a little more open-ended. However, still on the topic of the Conjuring house, Em has her own type of thing that she's going to go through, and then I have some fun Q&A because I was scared and I need to not be so scared today. Well, unfortunately, the thing that I wanted to talk about is scary. Well, because it was spinning through my head yesterday and I was like, this is terrifying. It needs to get out of my head and then it'll be fine. Everything will be fine. In so, very twin flame fashion, you carry the <laughs> scary ass shit and I'll cover the well, not so scary ass shit. Yeah, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. But every time, like when I talk to dark things and you, we like drew one once, you're like, maybe it's giving them power. And my interpretation is if I get it out of my head, then I can stop thinking about it. <laughs> When I was little and I used to have really bad nightmares because I did as a child and I still have very active dreams, psychic medium, my mom used to tell me that if you tell someone about your dream, it takes the power away from the dream. Not always, because you tell me that a lot. Because the dreams I have are mm, dark. Well, yeah, I have really dark dreams, though, too. Mm (laughs) Okay. Says with the most amount of questioning (laughs) my dreams aren't gory but they're really scary yeah so are we getting into my thing first and then we're gonna do yours yeah i think we should end on a high note maybe (laughs) no this is gonna be a high note if you could could call my things a high note (laughs) so in this video i was 
I was chaptering this video for YouTube, which essentially means I put time stamps in it and whatever. And the entire time I was getting this weird information about the demon that threw Carolyn Perrin across the room. It's literally the worst thing. Because that's what part two of our reaction video is talking about. It's talking about they went into the basement and there's this really dark two figures there. And Liv and I both look at each other and we're like, Are, is this the demon that threw Carol and Perrin around? Because Amanda, the medium in there, is saying that it is. That she is seeing these two dark things and perceiving them as the demon that did that. And both Liv and I look at each other and we're like, no there's you something else rocks here. down here i'm yeah. sorry to interrupt you but i feel like i've only had to hold our rocks during like three mm -hmm. things that we've done in almost a year and a half of this stuff but yeah you, they're next to the candle you grab me your rocks i know but i got my feet comfy well i'm talking you go get them <laughs> all right i'm just gonna be scared wow <laughs> They're literally two feet from us and she won't go and get them and i'm literally that lazy today Sorry. Well, I'm not going to go get them for you, so get spooked. So, we're talking about this thing that supposedly put, like, threw this woman across the entire conjuring house. And when we were re reacting to this in our video, Liv was describing that there was this, like, gray-white thing with this giant mouth that she referred to as a maw, like the maw of a dragon. Mm -hmm. And every time I see this thing, I see what Liv sees, where it's kind of like this thick grayish white, like if your skin turned gray, that would be the color of what this thing is. And I see it almost as a serpent type thing, but it's also more of a like glop. But I always see it with hair on the top of its head. And that the, makes it less scary. Well. Like baby it, monkey hair? It won't. <laughs> I promise. The reason why they were showing me this specific aspect is there was like this dark grudge-like hair on top of this thing and it's black straight. And the reason why I was seeing this is because it looked just like this creature from Full Metal Alchemist. So Full Metal Alchemist is an anime and it's about alchemy obviously and alchemy is basically you put your energy into the world to have it transferred into something else so in this specific series they're trying to find the philosopher's stone to essentially bring things back from the dead so they find this person this professor that is doing experiments on animals to try to get them to be like more of an intelligent species and be able to speak and things like that this professor had a daughter and like a golden retriever dog so the main character he goes to this place to kind of like get information about the philosopher's stone whatever and he learns about the experiments that pr this professor is doing and the professor one day shows up with this animal that he equates to being a success because it is able to speak it is able to respond to you with specific answers and it's this dog with dark hair and its eyes are white fully white and it sounds horrible so which i'm going to look it up and show it to live <laughs> and this is in harry potter no it's in full metal alchemist oh okay Ugh. she's not listening because she's scared well, I am scared, but I'm also trying to find something that I ran out of time to look for before I oh, came here because I was trying you. to get here not later than a half an hour. This dog-like creature is the combination between his daughter and the dog that he had. He transmuted them together so that he could have a intelligent life form that is an animal. And it's absolutely disgusting because you can hear in this thing's voice the amount of pain that it has because of that the reason why they're showing me that is because they also showed me edward warren as the professor so in our reaction video we talk about how edward warren is the reason why this dark thing came into the house and threw carolyn perrin across the across the room we talk about how he brings this dark entity into this place and it's not necessarily because it's attached to him, but it is with him. It is because of him. And 
one of the things that they were describing to me using this weird thing from Full Metal Alchemist is that he is the professor. He is the demonologist. And the what he did when he was alive is he went to all of these dark places and they showed me a vision of the things that he collected. So in the like Conjuring series, they always explain all of the weird haunted things that they have that they put into a room together because they wanted to make sure that the haunted objects stayed safe. However, they put all of this dark energy into one room and they plub, I can't say the word, plub, plub, they made it plub public. Publicized? Yeah, thank you. Too many C's, S's. Yeah. <laughs> but because they made it public and people knew about these scary things and it was like trying to get clout for these scary things, I feel like it created this dark thing. And that's what he brought into the house with Carolyn Pering. And when it was brought into the house, the dark thing that was in the basement used that like vibration that it has to kind of throw it, like to kind of brainwash it into doing its bidding. What, you have something to say about that? Yeah, just for the people that haven't been here before, um, if you're new, in the Conjuring video, we talk about how it's not necessarily that it's haunted by bad things. This house is sits on top of like this really dark... It sits on top of like a hell portal. Yes. It, and it makes me think about like a collapsing star <laughs> that collapses. It's a big portal. <laughs> like the thing that makes black holes but there's like this giant circle that's in the middle of it that's like a giant magnet that sits on top of this black hole. And it is what like creates the manifestations of people's ideas of this house. It basically, we like to explain it as it's almost like how we explain dreams. So in your dream realm, you're able to create the things or manifest the things within your dream however this dark entity has the ability to manifest these dreamlike things within their own energy within the physical realm so the way that i have been explained how dark things exist is like since we are a light being we need to have something that happens like in response so the way that i view it is if we are a light being then we would cast shadows on objects. And I feel like as a human being, because we are ignorant to so many things because of the stipulations that are put in place when you become a human being, you then are the energy force or the thing that creates or transfers this energy into dark things. And I feel like that is what Ed Warren was doing. He created this really dark thing based upon all of the not only his own energy being pushed into these dark things that he was working with but also getting everyone else in on it and using their energy because they show me not only do they show me this like flashlight kind of response of when you use a flashlight it creates shadows but they also show me um if you've ever seen jujitsu kaisen which is another anime jujitsu kaisen there are what they refer to as curses and the curses become more powerful based upon how many people are afraid of it mm -hmm. so if you are afraid of death or you are afraid of humanity itself that fear kind of festers and it creates a more solidified a more intelligent being so that's why this thing was so powerful in order to be able to push someone across the room and i also was asking them why Carolyn Perrin like what was it about her that was more susceptible to these things because obviously there was more than one thing affecting her since Ed Warren is the one that brought this dark thing into the house and what they showed me is they showed me the energy force of uh Carolyn Perrin and her energy she is more of a sensitive energy but I f see like holes or like an instability of her energy within her like energy field and they show me that similar to another anime sorry you really got to watch all the animes with me there is an anime where there's a character that uses something called gentle fist and he pushes his own energy or his own chakra into other people and it creates the 
instability of chakra within them. So he has the ability to turn off chakra points within their body in order to prevent them from using their own chakra. And that's kind of what they show me with these dark entities is she already had this unstable energy that made her like a target. It made her an easy target. So they were able to use their energy to affect her in a gentle fist type of way where they push their energy into her and it affects her in a negative sense. But yeah, that was uh, what I was thinking about when I was chaptering that video. That's super spoopy. What do you think? You think it's a thing? Well, I don't know because that white thing really freaks me out. I know. It's really gross. It's like a hot breath and it smells rancid. When I was making the video, it like had its mouth next to mine on the left side of my face and was just like mouth breathing on me. (laughs) And it gave me the most insatiable sense of dread. I wanted to cry and turn into a ball. It was not okay. Um, And I think in the video, our very first Conjuring video, I talk about how it, I, they were, Spirit was telling me that it was Ed Warden that brought the thing there. And it was like he manifested it, that it already was existing. However, him being who he was and being in that place with the giant collapsing star hell portal in the basement of the house, I was under the impression that because of those two things, of who he is, given the energy that the house has, that's what for 100% hilariousness conjured that white thing but what you're saying is that he manifested it but it wasn't him alone he's just he's the scientist that put the things together like the dog and the child yes Mm -hmm. but it would make sense that a dark thing would say i was conjured i existed before him and wouldn't give him credit for creating something like that makes sense no i'm not sure what you're relating it to Well, when I made the video, I thought that this thing already existed. This weird maw, gray. Oh, you were seeing that? I thought you were seeing the thing in the basement, the collapsing star. I think you were talking about. You described it in the video as a big, heavy ball in the basement. Yeah. I don't think you talked about this maw creature in our first conjuring video. No, but in well, okay, maybe it wasn't the first conjuring video. Okay. The video that I talk about the scary thing. Okay. The sticky, gray, gross smelling thing. Okay. Um. I was it they told me that it was him who brought it there. Yeah. He conjured it. Yes. That it already existed, but what you're saying is that he manifested it. Oh, yeah. Because of who he is and what he dealt with given the energy and the time and place of which he was at the house and it affected yeah. Carolyn because of her because she was the target. innate receptibility to these things. Yes. Yes. So, I don't know. It's interesting because in the movie, they portray Ed Warren as the one who does the seance, but then I guess according to Andrea, who's one of the children of the parents, Lorraine is the one that conducted the seance, but then Lorraine says Well, that- Lorraine is the medium in the seance. The seance is where they all hold hands because I figured out Lorraine is a trans medium. So when she does seances where she holds hands, like I feel like that's where we get it from, is from her. She goes into a trance, and that's why she, like, speaks tongues and things like that. But she's very clairvoyant. But she was the one conducting the seance. I think Ed Warren was the one that was trying to do the exorcist after, you know, things started happening with Carolyn. Ah. Yes. Interesting. Because yes, Lorraine's sure. like, we wouldn't have performed anything like that because a Catholic priest has to do it. So it wouldn't yes. have been Lorraine or Ed. It, we wouldn't. We just didn't do it at all is what she said but Andrea's like Lorraine started the seance they're the one that did and started the whole thing that my mother flew across the room and then my dad was like get the fizzuck out of my house yeah but it's just like who fucking was on first and who was on last and what actually happened well seance is different than an exorcism ah they just say (laughs) seance is literally talking like you technically do seances when you talk to dark things or talk to spiritual things you, when you do mediumship, it is a seance because you are talking to spirits. You're welcome. I would not like put what I that do is in what the a category seance. of seances. <laughs> I would not. I would not say what I do is a seance. 
Then what's a seance? Some fucking malarkey that people do a in a weird ass spirits. fucking circle with divination tools and people that maybe are possibly very uneducated. A seance is talking to spirits. I know, but I don't need other people to do it. Doesn't matter. You're still talking to spirits. My perception of a seance is don't like you like a how she's offended activity. that I told her that she talks to spirits and it's a seance. I'm gonna look <laughs> she's up. gonna look it up. I'm now. gonna look up the definition of a seance. But yeah, what a are you seance gonna say? is a fucking party. Well, what are you going to say about it? Okay, a seance says a meeting at which people attempt to make contact with the dead, especially through the agency of a medium. But in the term of seances, a medium is just the one person that is delegated to be the one that talks because y'all no, you can't only think say that, that talk. You only say that because of the instructions on our Ouija board. Yes. That would be a form of a seance, but it doesn't mean that you're not doing a seance. I am not you doing a seance. Meet with people to talk to the other side. Yeah, but I can do it without them too. Doesn't matter. You're still meeting with spirits. It's not a seance. I do not. It's do a seance. No. A seance is talking to spiritual beings. Anyways, what were you going to say about the seance? I do not do seances. And I'm just like weirded out. Like who? who is the one? I don't know. If the Ed internet. Is- it says that they tried to do an exorcism, but Lorraine did not do the exorcism. Lorraine was the one conducting the seance. Okay. So when things started happening, like, I'm pretty sure Carolyn started, like, speaking in tongues or something because I said something and you were like, I love, I love when people say speaking in tongues. What does that mean? Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And when they started noticing that, they thought that she was, like, possessed or whatever. So then they started, like, trying to do an exorcism because something to do with ed warren being able to do that i'm not entirely sure that's just what i read on the interwebs yeah and that's when she got thrown across the room Mm. but that was just giving it energy so that it had the ability to do that so whether ed conducted the seance or the exorcism or neither or one or the other yes we're saying that allegedly according to our heads or m's head (laughs) that the manifestation or conjuring of this weird white thing is what threw Carolyn across the room unfortunately and I just it's really gross I hate it it's hellacious so with that being said I said that I was going to talk about in our angel video stuff that I'm going to talk about in this video apparently Lucifer and Beelzebub yes hopefully okay well someone in our conjuring video was like is the thing in the basement Beelzebub Bob, if you will. Yeah, because Sam and Colby go on to, uh, I don't know, they go to the Conjuring house and their spirit boxes kept saying, Bob. Well, of course. And they're, well, Sam was like, who was that? And Colby was like, it's Satan. It's not Satan, but it's pretty close. <laughs> or whatever Satan is, I'm not entirely sure. In our societal, cultural understanding of the word. <laughs> Satan. Yeah, so I wanted to talk about that because I, God, I just want to. Um, but yeah, people keep asking us, is Beelzebub actually in the basement? And he's he's an angel. And no, he's not in the basement of the Conjuring house. But we've been talking about shadows a lot. So I wanted yeah. to talk about how I, I read your thing and then did my fun Q&A. <laughs> and you said, quote, explain dark things. Many mediums say dark things don't exist. And you told me this, and what I said about dark things not existing is that technically those mediums are correct because they, dark things, are created from us, similar to Jujutsu Kaisen, which is what M just talked about. So she said, let's talk about how her guides explained to her that humans are light beings and what happens when you cast light onto an object. You get shadows. So you said that you personally think that dark things only exist because they're a result of our light, our energy, casting shadows on the things in our physical world because they balance us. Yes. And there's a lot of like mythology and other lore and cultural things uh, relating to shadows and stuff. But we were talking about angels. And before (laughs) we even talked about angels today in our podcast, when I was researching these fun facts that I'm going to share with you soon, if you guys haven't already left, because we're talking silly about ed and lorraine warren okay so we talk about in our angel podcast lucifer and we talk about beelzebub and we talk about how lucifer technically is a part of the physical aspect realm of the 
first or third triad of angels? Yes, they're in the last triad of angels, which is closest to us. So they are the most associated with the physical realm. Yes. And I thought it was interesting putting together the dots that I guess in Christian or Catholic religion, they say that he is the morning star or the morning yes. time. So he's like golden light and beautiful and all of this other mm-hmm. poetic shit. <laughs> well, <clears throat> if Lucifer is the light, he is the morning star, and he is working with the physical world because of whatever you want to believe, cast out of heaven, working with shadow work, like you said. That's what he helps people do physically because shadow work deals with our physical existence and things that have happened to us traumatically because he has daddy issues with his dad, God. if that's what you believe. And, you know, shadow work... It can fall under their category of daddy issues. It's not the only one, but it's a big one. Well, what if Beezlebub, Beezlebob from AP, is the shadow from Lucifer's light? Yeah, I think you told me that before. A lot of you told me that you equated Beezlebub as the what we think actual Satan is, is the dark parts of Satan. Yeah. Yeah. It's really weird. Why? I don't know. It freaks me the fuck out. What do you mean? I mean, if we're talking about shadows, he's literally Lucifer's shadow. Mm-hmm. Is that where twin flames come from? Yes. God the way I explain it. twin flames is they happen because of each other. Yes. AKA, if you turn a flashlight on, it's going to create shadows. There's nothing you can do about it. If you push the door open, it's gonna put it's gonna pull itself closed you know what i'm saying push and pull if a wave goes one direction it's gonna come back so that is the relationship between light and dark just his shadow though yes which is why he is like the thing that everyone equates to dark entities being as because he's like the original shadow but that doesn't make him bad but that's also why people equate him to being lucifer himself Mm, but it's not. It's just his shadow. Because people think that Beelzebub is Satan, even though, religiously speaking, Lucifer is Satan. <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's funny because that's they were explaining t- they were explaining this to me. I think yesterday when I was talking to this weird dark thing in the Conjuring house, and we describe that dark things need energy from us to exist. We are the flashlight. If our light goes out. They don't have energy to exist, but that's why their energy is so different because our energy as a light being there is casting their shadows. So, so without we're giving us, them energy to exist. Yes. And yes, <laughs> all of the things that we create or manifest the dark things out of is from things in the physical world. So like in Jujutsu Kaisen, my one favorite character of like, what are they called? Um, curses. Like one of my yes. favorite curses is the nature curse and the volcano curse natural disasters yes so natural disasters are things that happen in our natural world are so powerful they're kind of like the titans of the curses because they've existed for as long as human consciousness has been around people have been afraid of natural disasters or the natural world so like they're the the titan curses so like nature is very very weird and like you think that you understand it but you also don't and it is somehow beautiful and creepy at the same time very naturey. yeah it's because like the dark thing that i'm talking about in the conjuring house i don't know that ed warren would be able to do it by himself well i don't think he did it consciously though i know he didn't yeah what i'm saying is the reason why that thing is so powerful is because ed warren put his light on top of it but he also directed everyone else that listens to the things that he spews out into the public to also put their light onto this thing so it has more power to do what it wants. Yeah. So if you see this big giant hulking of a man who is this beacon of light in a sense, <laughs> the morning star, and he and comes his in light. and tries to cast a shadow yes. on the fucking vortex, and it's Beezlebub. <laughs> it's not Beezlebub. <laughs> But you try to fucking cast your light on a goddamn black hole, that's going to get shitty real fast. Yeah. God damn it. It's cool, right? God, why do we have all of these things today? Because it was making me angry when you were like, they don't exist. I'm like, then why am I seeing them? (laughs) And it's because they do exist. They just, we don't equate us to be powerful enough to create something like that. 
Yeah. Well, that's also like when we have our manifesting video, people are like, what? Everything in my book is real? No. It hasn't been around long enough and only you believe it, Charlie. Knock it off. But yeah, same thing. But it is real. Yes. Just not as solidified as like a curse. So it's interesting that there's mediums on TikTok that are like, dark things don't exist. And I'm like, obviously they exist. And then it goes into the fractals with the Fibonacci thing. What do you mean? Well, okay. Beelzebub is one thing, but a lot of people think that the dark things that are there are just Beelzebub, which is why they like have that one idea. But what happens is since there's so many people and so many cultures and so many derivations of things. There's different Beelzebubs. Yes. It's all facets. Mm -hmm. So there's one that is, is the actual shadow of Lucifer which I think is why you're able to talk to it because we say, and I know you're not talking to it. He says he's talking to you. Yeah. But the thing is, we always have guides that talk to us so that we don't have to talk to the scary things. And if he is the dark side of Lucifer, technically you're not talking to Beelzebub. Beelzebub is talking to you, but you're talking to Lucifer. But he doesn't sound like Lucifer. I know. It's because separation is an illusion. However, it still is a thing. Do you know what he looks like? Who? Beezlebub. For me, I see like a distorted version of, um, you know, the shadow thing from the Nightmare Before Christmas, the no. thing that's in 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 the bottom of the 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 thing. No, sorry, <laughs> I've seen probably the first ten minutes. Oh, I gotta sh- I gotta find it. Give me give me a second. Entertain the children. Okay. Well, I'm not sure that I understand what you're talking about because if it works with twin flames, then you wouldn't then if I'm the dark half of our twin flame situation, people aren't talking to you, they're talking to me. So I'm not sure what you're saying. I know, but we're physical beings. It's the concept that but it we're was also created from. Beings. I know, it's just the concept. I don't get it. <laughs> But yeah, I see Beelzebub as literally darkness itself. I don't see any physical characteristics. They're explaining to okay. Remember how in the Angel podcast I was um, arguing with the um, with Archangel Michael and Lucifer. Yeah. Okay, and I said that they were like twins, mm-hmm. but Michael was born before Lucifer. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Same thing. Archangel Michael. He says he doesn't have a shadow. Because he's higher up. If you don't cast it on an object, it doesn't create a shadow. Well, yeah, I get it. But Lucifer was telling me that the idea of twin flames is not just him and his shadow. It also has to deal with Michael. Oh, I don't know then. <laughs> exactly. What you're talking about. <laughs> so, you know, you talking to the shadow and shadow talking to whatever, and then you not talking to me and me not talking to you. It's It's different, but it's the same. Okay, because there's okay. people that work with Lucifer, and then there's people that work with Beelzebub. And they're separate beings, so I'm just confused. Ah, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, <laughs> but he has red eyes, and he looks a little bit different. But yeah. that's what I see. Is I think his name is Oogie Boogie from The Nightmare Before Christmas. Interesting. Yeah, no. So He just sounds like Bakugo. <laughs> <laughs> the Japanese version, not the dubbed one. Yeah. But he speaks English because I can't understand Japanese. So, <laughs> you know. I also don't think an angel would want us, or not an angel, a dark whatever he is, speak Japanese. Unless he wanted to. But, you know. All right. Are you ready for some fun facts about the Conjuring House? I guess. <laughs> I'm scared. Why are you scared? Because I hope it's not a, the Conjuring video took 20 years to make. Oh, it definitely is. Ugh. I'm really upset that you... Uh, that I put fun facts in there and you deleted them. <laughs> I did not delete them. When I looked at this shit this morning, there was no fun facts. It was just the I stuff that you there. wrote. Yeah, I wrote them underneath that. They were not there. Well. I'm telling you. They're not there. I don't know. They're on. I wrote them in there. It's a paranormal coincidence, isn't it? Anyways. So, we're going to talk about the Conjuring movie. That's the only thing you can find fun facts about, really. Unless you read all three of Andrea Perrin's books Books. that she wrote. But I didn't have time for that. So, we're going to talk about fun facts of the 2013 movie. I I mean, I assume there's going to be a lot of people that love horror movies like you. I don't like horror movies, but maybe they'll be excited to learn these things. Or they'll be like, I already know these because I'm a movie buff. 
And they have like giant, giant biceps because they're buffs. So the 2013 movie, The Conjuring, was filmed by James Wan, or I guess directed by James Wan, because the person that came up with the idea has a different last name. So first question, Emily, we'll see if you can get these since you apparently looked all these answers up anyways. Mm -hmm. Whose perspective was the original 2013 movie supposed to be filmed from? It was the Perrin family until they translate it to the Warrens, and then they focus more on the Warrens, which is why they move away from the Conjuring house. You're fucking welcome. You want <laughs> you picked the first site um when you search Conjuring fun facts. Uh huh. I'm not even sure that you deleted them. You probably just wrote them back in <laughs> the way you wanted. <laughs> no, I didn't see them. Okay. I swear to God to you, they were not there. Otherwise, well, I would have been here at eight, nine o'clock. The Perrin family, it was based upon their story until they were like, hey, we need something else to go off of, Warrens, and they were going to name it like the Warrens Files or whatever. Well, I don't think that, I don't think that it was supposed to like change perspective, like they wanted to put the Warrens in there. It says that it was originally written to be acted from the perspectives of the Perrin family, which is Roger, Carol, and Andrea, Nancy, Christine, Cindy, April, and their dog, Sadie. But the film director, Tony Rose de, de Grund, brought two sibling writers, Carrie and Chad Hayes, in to, like, revamp the script or, like, look at it and be like, hey, I needed a second opinion, but now I have three because there's two of you. What do you think? And they're like, let's rewrite this entire script, light it on fire. Which is it- why it took them 20 years. <laughs> and they decided to rewrite the script from Ed and Lorraine Warren's perspectives. And I think that's really weird. I guess they would have more stories if they used someone that was already public, you know? I guess so from like a marketing standpoint, but like, Mm -hmm. I mean, are you trying to focus on these two public figures or the people that were actually in the house? But okay, I guess business standpoint, it makes more sense because they started, they started in this house and then they moved on to Annabelle and like the other things that are within that weird haunted room that I was talking to you about earlier. What? Ed Warren is a demonologist so he went to many places to like do exorcisms and things like that however a lot of times it is equated to being directly haunted of certain objects so he takes the haunted objects away from those people blesses them and they put them in this room together that they bless everything together oh so that's why you were talking about him collecting things yes and the conjuring movies are centered around this like haunted room of objects that he keeps that's where Annabelle is. Annabelle is within all of these haunted objects in this room. But was that room ever actually in the Conjuring house? In the movies? In real life. Yes, it's real. You can literally go there to view all of the haunted things. It, at the Conjuring house? It's not at the Conjuring house. It's at the Warren's place. Okay. Why would it be in the Conjuring house? Well, I thought you were saying that he has, in the conjure, in the movie, the Conjuring house, there's yep. a room full of haunted fucking trinkets. The Conjuring is a series. It's not just based upon that house. Oh. Yeah. That's why you're, you're like, getting confused because it's not just about that house. They, like, transition to the things that are in that haunted room, like Annabelle. So all of this is... so The whole Conjuring series is not the Conjuring house itself, and then they decided to make other movies on it. They yeah, just are, well, like, I mean, The yes. Conjuring is a series in and of itself. They literally said that they were going to name it after the Warrens, but then they changed it to the Conjuring last minute. They were going to name it like the Warrens Files. Weird. Yeah. Okay. I thought they wanted to make a, a movie about... Originally. The Perrin family. And then they were like, oh my God, the Warrens have good stories. And we can make so much more money and on part two. more videos. <laughs> okay. Yep. God, that makes me really... Oh. Why? What were you going to say about it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It just says that this is one of the film's most successful elements. It's a movie which proved to be truly, quote, inspired. And I wrote inspired because I'm like... Maybe you should watch them with me. No. Doesn't that sound really good? No. You know how we want to watch all of the Harry Potters at one sitting? We could just do all the Conjuring and Annabelle movies. <laughs> there is not enough deodorant in the world to keep me from stinking within but, the first okay. 20 minutes of that stress-sweating if, session. If we get... Oh my god, what if we get enough patrons? Will you do it then? Make it a goal on Patreon? (laughs) Why would I want people to watch me cry? Because then there'll be more people to support you. So what you're saying is if you pay pay us enough money, I will make my best friend cry. 
Yeah, and we'll do it publicly on the internet. <laughs> and then you'll understand what I'm talking about, you know? I think it'd be a fun time. What? How many patrons do we have to do in order for you to do that? 57. 57? Specifically. Okay, I can make it 57, or we can make it 69. That'd be funnier. Because <laughs> I think we have a goal for 50, but we don't have a goal for 69. <laughs> if we get 57 patrons, I'll watch this Conjuring video. This Conjuring movie. This one that we're the talking about. Yes. Because there's three. <laughs> if we get 69, I'll watch What about every time three? we get 50 more, you watch another one? Because <laughs> I'm serious. I'm going to add it. <laughs> okay. Oh, she's okay. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. So, God, I've you, never wished that our business would explode and not do well ever in my life. You do all the time. Don't even get get there with you. But I do not. If you want to see that, make sure to join Patreon. The link is in the show notes. Oh. <laughs> God, you're funny. Because I thought, only fifty. I thought you would go for more. No, oh, fifty yeah. is good. Fifty is good. Anyways, I thought that this movie was supposed to be just about like the fair parent family, but I guess you know. I mean, it is. It was. But then they, tr- and then they saw the business more. opportunity. Yes. They saw the dollar signs, and they were like, "This is what we need." All yeah. right. Well, where did film director De Rosa Grund find his spark of inspiration inspiration to create this film? I don't know. That was probably one of the boring ones. I'm sorry. <laughs> Well, I was annoyed because I thought this movie was supposed to be about the Perrin family and like the actual hauntings that happened, but in cinematic fashion, they just blew everything up, took everything that they possibly could, and then made it into a trash fire of a movie that did really fucking well. And well, by this trash is where fire, you say it takes 20 years for you to write a movie script. <laughs> no, it, I don't think it took them 20 years. It says 20 years. Anyways, the answer is the idea for the film initially emerged 20 years previous. Uh-huh. That's I read that and I was like, that's dumb. I <laughs> moved to the next one. <laughs> uh, but Deru, uh, the director, he was played a tape of Lorraine's original interview with Carolyn Perrin mm-hmm. by her husband, Ed. And mm-hmm. he was like, this is so spoopy. I want to make a movie about it. Yeah, they also claimed that the Perrin family claimed that the things that happened in the Conjuring movie were not as bad as what happened in real life. Yeah. It was toned down. And it was also probably toned down because they wanted it to be rated PG-13, which did not happen. You're welcome. Well, <laughs> Did I, I spew another one of your fun facts? No. <laughs> that was on the list, too. No, okay. I did not get that far. Um, well, I just, I mean, if the director, DeRosa Grund, literally was like, okay, I'm going to call him Tony. I think that was what his name was because your last name is a lot. <laughs> yeah, Tony. Hey, Tony. So, Tony, I mean, if you, like got a if you were inspired to create this cinematic experience from a videotape that you heard of an an, an interview because yeah, it's probably horrifying well yeah it's probably horrifying but like yeah. why would you try to write a script from the view of the family if what in, it inspired you is the paranormal investigators it makes no sense because the things are well it's interesting to write it from both perspectives people who can't see it and then someone who can maybe he was upset that the warrens wouldn't want to be on board with it the warrens were on board with it well yeah after the he finally got money to make a movie oh, well, but maybe, maybe for because uh Lorraine legal reasons he was a cameo like, on it that's so weird yeah lorraine helped well i think ed passed at this point and then lorraine yeah. was the one that helped with uh, the logistics of the story and stuff like that, but she also made a cameo and was on one of the Conjuring films. Ugh, yeah, so. she uh, he died in 2006. So you already kind of spoiled this one, but what was <coughs> the 2013 film's original title going to be? I don't remember what the other one was because it was long, but so, The Warren Files. 
Yeah, it was originally described as the untitled Warren Filed Project. Yeah, because it's really long. <laughs> um, following a suggestion by the director, the film was given, given the title The Warren Files. And then the movie's producers were like, no, 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 no. We're going to call it The Conjuring. Yeah, and they also talk about Insidious, I think. Like, In- Insidious is such a hard word, but I think there's a movie about Insidious, too. I don't remember. Interesting. Do you think it was the weird, scary, dark thing that was making them make the movie film titled? Yes. Because okay. when you were talking about that earlier, I was like, oh, that's why it's called The Conjuring. Yeah, because I, like, I mean, in our- Because that would, because you were, like, trying to explain the difference between manifestation and conjuring, and I'm mm-hmm. like, that sounds pretty much the same to me. Yeah, because he's like, I wasn't manifested. I've been here forever, just like oh, the dark God. thing in the basement, and I was conjured. Yeah. Oh, God disgusting it's a good word i think anybody anybody that created the conjuring film out there how do you feel that you were conjured into making it the conjuring by the thing that was conjured by ed warren you know how we take lurks around our base our our workplace our base yeah um you you should just conjure me when you need me i'm conjuring you to the front desk (laughs) you're welcome (laughs) we can make merch about that too so i wanted to talk about (laughs) The Warrens seem to be a running topic in this research for the creation of the movie. But again, I didn't know that they decided to retitle it for business branding. I figured, you know, we're going to make a movie about the Conjuring Even though you included the fun fact, (laughs) which is interesting. I didn't know. I didn't research the other movies. I don't like scary movies, so my, my blinders are on, you know. So I put, how is it that a family who lived in the Rhode Island home for the better part of a decade gets a cinematic shadow cast over them in what is supposed to be their personal experience living in a real-life haunted house? Because they lived in this bitch from 1971 to 1980. So how is it that two people that showed up maybe three times and got one lady thrown across a wall gets all the clout? What do you mean? Andrea literally wrote three books. I know. She got clout, too. Yeah, but not as much as them. Well, that's because they've been doing it over and over and over again and keep creating stories about things like Annabelle. Just saying. (laughs) They were famous before they went to the Conjuring House. The Conjuring House just is one of their most famous cases, including Annabelle is one of their most famous cases. Yeah, I know. I know that now. Okay. I was going on like a fucking Nick from It's Always Sunny tirade doing these Q&A things this morning. Yeah, no, they needed someone like them to help them, but also they didn't. The running need theme them. is shadows. Yeah, they tried to cast light on this, on this. Uh, the smoking shadows on this haunting, but what they got was the shadow of Ed and Lorraine Warren for the entire film. Like the doo-doo head in the Conjuring House. Oh, uh, the doo-doo the smoking head. Shadows. That's what he described himself as to you the first time you saw him. Oh, he's funny. So Lorraine <laughs> Warren was involved on the set for the film and i guess the person who was casted to play her bumps phone into mic stand was like i need to breathe in your farts to understand your essence to portray you to the highest level of my capacity airbend your farts you think that's you can just airbend your fart away from you so no one will smell it (laughs) smell it smell it smell it anyways um i guess she also was on like in the like one of the very beginning scenes in the movie where there's like a kid in a classroom or something, she's like the old lady sitting in the first row of chairs. She was actually in the first Conjuring movie. She just made like a weird cameo appearance. Like I just said. <laughs> and Andrea Perrin was also on the script mm-hmm. or on set, and mm-hmm. her three-part book House of Darkness was used as inspiration for the movie. And she was also a consultant to the director of the film throughout the shoot. So, what happened to the house after the Perrin family moved out in between the time frame of it being open to the public now? Well, someone owned it and they were pissed off. They tried to sue someone. They sued, They tried to sue the producer because they were like, you made it so that people are vandalizing my house because it's so haunted. I hate you. Man, I wish you wouldn't have read the same thing that well, I did. Well, maybe you shouldn't have told me to do the research because oh, I did. Shit. Now I know everything. And I can tell you exactly which resource you found because it's the first one that comes up in Google. It is. I read a couple other ones, but they all just had the same information as this. 
It's like no, five- they had different information. I found ones that were like about hauntings, but you know, it's not in a sauna anymore. Uh, <laughs> oh, they didn't want you're you, they didn't want the people to know. Clearly. So Norma Sutcliffe and Gerald Helfrich brought bought bought the property in 1987, 16 years after the events in the movie took place, and for over 25 years they lived peacefully in the house where all of the real life paranormal activity supposedly happened. You know. But uh, they were pissed, like Em said, after claiming that they had experienced numerous acts of vandalism, been subject to threats of violence, and found several objects affiliated with satanic cults placed in their uh, their yard. Yeah. They but were I like, think, that's not cool, dudes. But I think they sold the house, and now there's someone else that lives there that allows people to go there. There's literally a website for the Conjuring House that you can sign up to like go there overnight. Yeah, now and there's a girl that uh, does TikTok lives in it because she owns it. Mm, interesting, mm-hmm. but yeah, they uh, sued Warner Brothers and were like, "Hey, we've had five people that have trespassed on our property, given us creepy vibes, and 500 quote unquote interlopers." Interloper. They refer to them all as John and Jane Doe's. Interloper is a better word. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like that's somehow related to like space. If you go to a new place, you're the alien or the interloper. That's what mm-hmm. they call you in those space games. That's what it makes me think of. You're welcome. <laughs> Funny. But they were like, hey, you guys should have let us know that you were going to tell everyone that our house was haunted. Thanks. Thanks. For nothing. I don't know. Maybe you know this one. I don't know if you read that far through the article. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. fun fact, it is a well-known marketing tactic in horror trade to make the film scores sound really fucking scary and just the film in and of itself sound super scary. Like the first date that I went on with Bradford, we went to go see The Visit and I was not okay with it because I did not want to see a scary movie. That's why you saw that movie because when you said that in our one reaction video, Uh I was like, wow, you saw that? Because the trailer for it is hilarious. Dude, the only times I've went to go see movies with boys, they've tried to get me to watch movies that will either make me cry or make me scared because it's a whole Well, obviously, because they want you tactic. to touch them. Exactly. And I was like, <laughs> fuck both of you. They literally say that on TV it's so that so you know stupid. what you're doing. It's so as stupid. A boy. The first I one I called bullshit and I was like, fuck you. I could this take you to happen. scary movies. So that I can pee in your lap like no, a you chihuahua. Can pee in your own chair. <laughs> <laughs> if you're a boy and you're trying to take out a girl like me, just know we'll pee in your lap. I'll just bring you a pillow Although, and you can hide behind the pillow. The caveat of that is some dudes are into that. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Anyways, so they always try to make the, the movies much scarier than they are. Just like The Visit was not scary, just made me feel uncomfortable. But. Andrea Perrin says that the movie wasn't as bad as what actually happened. I thought the Andrea Perrin said that the movie is way worse than what actually happened. No, where the hell did you get that information? Like three sources. I don't believe you on bit. I believe me. Okay. I read it. I read that it was super dramatized. Like it was not that it bad. It was dramatized, but the things that were actually happening were worse in like actuality oh i heard the complete opposite while i tell this fun fact you should look that up for me no nah, i'm not going to <laughs> i uh heard it from a youtube video of andrea parent speaking on the youtubes go on okay mm-hmm. and it says that everything from the exorcist to the blair witch project has reported members of the cinema going public passing out or even needing medical attention after becoming so consumed with fear while watching movies like these that they uh, had problems. Oh yeah, I think that's funny. I guess. They blessed the uh, theater before they like had people go in there and watch it. Specifically in the Philippines when did the Conjuring they, went live. Did they market that? We'll bless this because the movie's so bad. I don't know if they marketed it like that, but I guess people in the Philippines were stuff. so worried that they're like patrons were gonna get possessed they're like we're not gonna make it so you can't watch it but we're also gonna make the priests come in oh gosh and uh and like help you and bless the theory theater like before and or after so when i see scary movies 
uh, I have, instead of popcorn, they were serving Jesus and wine. Sorry. I have one friend who is also a psychic medium, and when I was telling them that I could feel weird, like I don't know, bug things crawling up my arm, she specifically was like, "Oh, that's the dark things taking your energy." And I now realize that I feel that when I see scary movies, but I only see it for like conjuring type movies. I don't see, I like don't have that experience when I see like your average horror film, like paranormal activity, but for the conjuring house, it's that the entire time. Yeah, because it's based off of things that are scary. Not well, just so like, is the par- paranormal activity. Yeah, but, but it's the it's the one of them's a spoof and one of them is a spoof but not as much of a spoof there's more of like the energy in it mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. one of them is like a god and the other one's like that story that your two-year-old created and now it's published mm-hmm. it's like harry potter you know yeah not so saying it's, that it's harry potter one. was created by a two-year-old it's a good one anyways the philippines were like we bless this place don't be stressed be blessed watch the conjuring that's what my marketing would have been okay now i have this one for you question Mm -hmm. um this is not in question form no it is i just didn't want to i didn't know which one i wanted to say first so the first one is was the real life spirit of bathsheba seen on the film set by andrea perrin i didn't read that one either it was boring <laughs> okay well i've heard a lot of people say on the conjuring set the spirits of the actual conjuring house were there and they were but poorly... people think bathsheba is a witch she's not a witch <laughs> burn her a... sorry what you she... just said witch and it made me want to say that oh burn her i yeah. thought you said burn her like my stove top whatever burn her. <laughs> she's a witch she's not a witch makes me thinks about monty she Python. just lived next door you guys <laughs> I don't know why they were, what they were seeing. Um, but yeah, who who was she? Were the spirits of the Conjuring House seen on set? Because there's well, stories yeah. that the spirit of Bathsheba was seen by Andrea Perrin on the set, and she's very spooked. Andrea Perrin talks about how um, Lorraine Warren was falsely accusing Bathsheba to be the dark entity in the house. So... I'm not sure what you're talking about. People on the internet get real uh, floofy about this. So, she literally anyways, has books explaining that Bathsheba's cool- not the demon. Well, that's good. I'm glad we're <laughs> on the same page as her without even knowing it. Yeah. So, the answer to the question of was the real life spirit of Bathsheba seen on set, the evil whatever portrayal of this witch woman, is no. Um. The film composer, Joseph Bishra, Bishara, who played the... Bathsheba? Yes. Yeah. Literally the dude that wrote the film score for the movie and, like, whatever, the composer of the musical entertainment accompaniment Mm -hmm. was the person that played the scary interpretation of Bathsheba. Yeah. And I think that's funny because I guess Andrea Perrin was, like, walking around set and saw him in costume with all of the scary makeup and stuff and like pooped her pants and like ran to the ran to the director and was like i am seeing bathsheba and he's like no you are seeing joe in makeup and i guess the director is quoted saying like i had a lot of children to worry about on set being scared of like the things that they're seeing behind the scene in horror movies and uh no it was actually andrea that was scared not the children I thought that was kind of funny. Um, I don't know that I believe that. I don't know if I believe it either, but I just also wanted to say that Bathsheba is not an evil witch. Satan- <laughs> a witch. A witch. An evil, satanic, loving woman who is so a She's witch. just the next door neighbor, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> and people are shitty. Yeah. <laughs> um, And that that there wasn't any like weird paranormal experiences on set. It wasn't like Batman or anything. You know what I'm saying? So... That's it. I it literally the the last sentence was um alongside working with avant-garde musician avant-garde whoever for the conjuring Bishara Joe in his makeup added to his acting resume by playing its main antagonist the quote evil specter of a 19th evil 
specter of a 19th century devil worshipping known as Bathsheba Sherman. And I was like, you can't fucking use first and last name of this woman and then use the word devil worshipping in the same thing because that's not true. Anyways, it just made it sound like the sentence sentenced her to being this sort of thing. And I literally put, don't agree with this last sentence. And that's what I got for you for fun facts. Are you, in fact, having fun? God, she's <laughs> putting me on the interwebs while yeah. I'm a potato under a blanket because we're in a basement that's cold and we're fearing for our lives because there's a bee stuck in the ceiling somewhere, but we don't know where. You know? <laughs> I think we should talk about um, our patrons, our lovely patrons, who are going to tell their friends and our one patron in Australia is going to tell the kookaburra birds to tell everyone else like the mocking jays to uh become patrons and listen to our podcast because if you guys, guys have podcasts and listen on apple podcasts you need to leave us a review because we have a couple and they're really really sweet but only one person has written a review so far what did it say did it say your towel no it's something what like i heck? love these ladies i found you and they're so great and we know who you are we love you too but we also want if you guys to leave your comments. You want to become a patron and we get to 50 patrons. Live will watch the first Conjuring video no. and we'll post it on to patron. 57. Sorry, 57. Can it be 69? No. <laughs> Why? Because I heard 57, so that's what we're going with. 57. 57. You could be a part of Me the torture of Liv's pants when she watches the Conjuring video. And you get to watch us watch it. While on the patrons feed. And if you guys want to actually watch that, you would have to join. I think it's the cloud plane for the bonus videos. But uh, it would be exciting. And uh, let's also tell you how many people are already on the roster for uh, watching The Conjuring. I don't know of live watching things. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe we should just let the sidekicks join into the, the fun of me pooping their pants. It's going to be a really long video for me to edit. <laughs> Shannon. We're shouting at our patrons. That's what you get in addition to possibly yeah, watching you pee it. your pants. Oh, God. Expensive beast. Shannon. Cindy. <laughs> Kaylee. Mev. Roynika. Mystery Girl. Trinity. Avery. Cass. Anthony. Violet. Peyton. Arena. Allie. Mac. Autumn. Victoria. <laughs> Nate. Bias. Did you do that one? She just keeps scrolling up and down, and I have no idea where we're at now. Victoria. God. <laughs> Jenny. Laurel. Brianna. Bradley. Nate. <laughs> I already said Nate. Okay. I was keeping track. Nas. Sherry. Christina. Sushi. Anita. Katie. Charles. Holly. Krista. Flo. Malake. God. <laughs> I remembered what I did. You didn't remember. Oh, the proverbial dropping of the phone that is actually not You know, we're done. Can click off now. <laughs> no, leave us your funny Apple podcast review because if you leave a really good funny dad joke, we're not saying like- We'll oh, feature it in our I podcast. Mean, yeah, we will. You, you can say nice things because I'm a Leo. I like that. Please stroke my ego. I but think also, you should call us towels. I really like dad jokes. So if you want to put a bad dad joke in that there- That you wish you speak towelian- so that you could listen to our podcast because they're that good. That would be a good. That would be a good review. Talman, Talman, yeah, towel, towel. I don't know. <laughs> Until next time, you should uh, check us out on our what Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and we have a website that we have some blogs on, and I'm working on new ones slowly Dude, but surely YouTube. forever. And we're YouTube. Doing, we're, we're gonna have to do part three of uh, our Conjuring re video reaction. <laughs> so uh, if there's another podcast. That's going to be on live. I don't know what other topics we're going to talk about. Hopefully it's not about the conjuring house because you, you've squeezed all of the information out of me. Just like so. watching that video is going to squeeze all the pee out of me. You know. <laughs> like a lemon. All right, guys. We are your metal sock kicks. Say it. Wow. Fifty-seven patrons.
Go do it. Show notes. It's down there. Wow. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.